Do you think it's me? Do you think the Do you think the Wi-Fi can't pass through my giant mm-hmm. head? There's too much interference. What your parents didn't tell you is you have like a metal plate in your head you don't know about. Oh, I know mm-hmm. all about it. We've <laughs> been messing up internet connection for a while. Are we doing something right now? Has this begun? The Caliendo Cast with Frank Caliendo, John Holmes. You know what? That's good enough. Yeah, Where we started. I don't Where know. I don't know. Like- I, I, I was going to have Scott Wong join a little bit later, but Toledo, I don't know. He Letterman just, never started a show, and Paul's like, sorry, I'm late, Dave. Like, he didn't roll in 10 minutes after it started. But we would start without Gelman all the time. <laughs> Gelman's never around. That's why. Is Gelman here? Gelman, Gelman's 10 minutes late. Yeah. I, 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 no one knows. We didn't prep the show. We didn't prep the show. How, how are we going to do these uh, inexpensive games? I'm telling you, we got to spin the wheel eventual, but nobody knows where it is because Gelman has the keys to the wheel closet. <laughs> the wheel closet. <laughs> <laughs> Is Gelman still there for Ryan and Kelly Lee? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. Did Gelman go? He's, he's in. He's show. in Regis's casket, isn't he? That's what we should do today, Frank. <laughs> Gelman, Gelman, get on top of me. I'm dying. We're going in together, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to need somebody to show me around heaven. I can't do this by myself. All the people that are going to talk to me, I need an arrangement. I need guests. I need some sort of a plan. Produce my trip to heaven. Wait, are we going to, is that the whole show? We're going to do uh, we should celebrity do deaths celebrity of 2020. No, listen, these pearly gates are beautiful. Oh, yes. I'm going to slap you silly. We died almost the exact same weekend. Connery and I are practically twins. I've said it my entire life. Wait a second. No, we just died a long time ago, didn't he? Like 20 no, years he ago? he died this year. Did he die this year? Yeah. That was early in the year, though. No, I think they died pretty close together. No, Regis. Oh, no, wait, Trebek. No, Trebek. Trebek, yeah. yeah. Final answer. It's- the final answer is not in the form <laughs> of a question. <laughs> Let me see. When did Regis die? Take I a, think it is this year. If we had a producer that showed up for the show. Oh, Sorry, the- guys. Sorry, guys. Traffic was bad. We well, are at your house, Louie. Hey, <laughs> why am I playing the part of Dick Toledo? There goes that internet again. He's frozen, everybody. I died two days before John Holberg's birthday this year, July 24th, 2020. And and, and now look what's happening. Hey, look at me. I'm Walt Disney. <laughs> just, just, just a frozen head. The rest of you works. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, uh, and just because I'm uh, late and in my house doesn't mean traffic isn't bad, Gene. I was Louie producing. And now, that. now you're, now you're. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I said, Louis. Hey, hey. Tom how come? Fire. How come I can't be on the show ever? I'm always in the background. Hundred people surveyed. Top five answers that are on the board. Tell me a reason I'm late for the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you couldn't stand up because you're enormous size. Show me obesity. <laughs> I told you the Louis story when I, I rewound it and laughed a thousand times when he was hosting Family Feud, Frozen Frank. And uh, name something you do before you go somewhere. And the guy goes, uh, shower. Show me showering. And the guy goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
I died laughing. Show me showering. No one wants Louis Anderson to say that phrase ever. Did he look hey. to the camera after that? Like, no. Nah. No. The, 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 oh, yeah. Hey, you wouldn't you mind looking at it. You've watched elephants get hosed down before, don't I? Now, if I told you about Louis Anderson swimming at my house. Yeah, which is a great story. Just him. I, I'll, I'll listen again. <laughs> just him on his back, kind of floating, kind of sinking. No. Back I thought you were at a weren't, didn't you have a party and he was there? That was back in uh, Los Angeles. He came for uh, like a Labor Day or Memorial Day. I don't remember which one it was, um, but it was uh, for a barbecue. Hey, you guys having a barbecue? Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? It wasn't because it was a three-day weekend. Louis asks everybody that. Eventually, but, but that's how he says goodbye. And so, oh, by the way, are you having a barbecue anytime soon? Because I'd love to attend that. <laughs> hey, Porky. Are you having a barbecue? You know you what I missed? One? We didn't know uh, we could have done this. Uh, now it's too late, but I could have gotten my friend Ralphie May and you could have gotten your friend Louis Anderson to do laps in our pools. <laughs> would that be a reality show? It I would mean, be. It would be was a, on that diving show, you know, celebrities oh diving. Yeah. But, and I think that's about the time he was over at the house. Oh, that would have been fantastic. But Louie and Ralphie, because Ralphie was in my pool. And Ralphie, uh, I told you that, was smoking pot and drifted off into the deep end. And he's got, he's, and Megan, my wife, taps me and she goes, he's floating. And, I, and you just hear, that's right, motherfucker, I float. <laughs> and he just floated <laughs> off into the deep end. I do end. remember that. And he, he was smoking and floating in the pool. He didn't, his feet didn't have to touch. It was like Fred Flintstone bowling. See, here's the crazy thing. Louis Anderson was in my pool smoking a cigar on one of those like cigar holder things. I don't know what you call Oh, them. really? Yeah. And he's like, that's right. I sink. <laughs> I'm like an English bulldog. I go right to the bottom. You're not having a barbecue or anything, are you? <laughs> but hey, but hey, that's all, folks. Yeah, we could have raced them in our pools, Frank. I think that's, I think we missed an opportunity. Huge. Now, if I had a time machine, I wouldn't go back and kill baby Hitler. I would do this, get Ralphie and Louie in the pool together. <laughs> what if that, what if getting them in the pool together, <laughs> what if that did save the universe? Like that's ga- capturing all six infinity stones. Uh, <laughs> wow. What, what are we saving really? If that's what saves it, what, yeah. what, what are we hanging on to? That's like saying we've got to save the WNBA. No, <laughs> and Not we it. have Scott uh, with us There's for the Scott. final, uh, the, uh, the, the, the final segment as we run toward the, the end. Can I, can I, can I tell the story about when John Panette had a drink out of my uh, garden hose? <laughs> now <laughs> that is a relay race I would pay for. The three of them, you know, how I would, you get a little uh, Iron Man with those three guys. You get a running race, you get a little swimming, you get some biking in, and it's only like 400 feet of each one. <laughs> <laughs> so scott were you like uh you go now you've been here for an hour yeah exactly <laughs> it was an all you can drink hose oh, you can i think they all are aren't they <laughs> no that's the that, that bit oh, I got it. I frank froze i understood the joke too yeah. late well your internet got it and just stopped oh there he goes again this frozen i think it keeps going though as it's recording and uh, listen if we if Producer Toledo uh, 
would be here, none of this would be any different. So, so you're essentially saying that it's up to Scott and I to save it, uh, represent save. the timing of jokes and stuff while you're frozen. We, we're supposed to trudge forward because as you're frozen, it's going on. So we have to. There you go again. It's like the fucking Zapruder film watching you. This is awful. You there? Well, it does keep saying my internet is unstable. It doesn't say it's bad. It just says it's unstable. So we're going to get <laughs> some therapy. Yeah, I need some work. What is your problem? We, you gotta, you've got to continually try to transmit information back and forth. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk some NFL stuff. As I, told, I texted John last night. You did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, kind of, I'm just kind of tired of football at this point. I don't know what it <clears> is. Too many days. Is that what it is? I, Scott, I, I, Scott had a look of that's a that's crazy. That's crazy. No, I love it, but I've been gambling. Ah. I've I've taken up gambling. Wait a second, is that how you're paying your mortgage? Is that? Uh, you know what? If 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 gambling worked as well as it has for me the past week, yes, I could. Yeah, I've made, that's great. I've hit ten of my last eleven picks, but Whoa. I'll 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 the it'll all end soon. I know that's how it works, but yeah, that's what's held together everything in my opinion the ratings are, are great on the nfl yeah. right now spectacular they are okay i keep seeing that sunday night football's tanking the, the, everything else is doing well i know yeah, that and thanksgiving was the best they've had in like 10 years for example yeah. and terrible so the rate, yeah and they were terrible and they lost the steelers and ravens no people are betting they're staying in on it that's what's kept things alive because you're stuck at home. You can't go to the game. So it gives you an extra jolt. Well, that's the only thing I think. I think the Thanksgiving games got the boost. It's not because of the interest in football. It's because people didn't go anywhere. I think there were more TVs on, you know, I think rather than having 30 people in one place with one TV, you had 15 TVs on and two people in 15 places. I think that's just, I mean, that makes sense to me that the ratings would be up. But I think you're, but it, Scott's point makes a lot of sense though too, since uh, all the super fans who would go to the games are yeah. watching them at home, and if Directv is measuring that or whoever's got it, now you have them all watching the game at home, and uh, the percentages are way up. Well, I agree though. I think I well, I said it last night after the first quarter, and that was a clunker of a game, and everybody knew it was going to be. That's just a that's just a bad matchup. That's just like a bad boxing card. The Ravens run. The Cowboys can't stop it. That was going to be a walkaway no matter what. But uh, at Tuesday night football, after Wednesday afternoon football, after my Steelers played Monday afternoon football, it's just kind of like I'm gassed out. I need a couple days off to reassess the – because now, you know, there'll be another game tomorrow, I think. I don't know. And then the weekend is coming. And, and you know, the Cowboys are going to be covered in COVID because the Harbaugh's have covered the system – with uh, understanding that they can manipulate all sport by pretending to have COVID, uh, like John Harbaugh's figured out six weeks of it and no punishment, no nothing, and muck up the schedule for all sorts of teams uh, because they were flailing. And now his brother Jim up in Michigan's decided, you know what, this will be the biggest victory we've ever had against Ohio State, and we don't even have to play them. It's all $18 million lost by Fox because – uh, Ohio State and Michigan are not playing. That's a huge number. And so John Harbaugh doesn't want, or Jim Harbaugh didn't want his team to lose again on TV. They know that's going to be a huge game. And uh, I don't buy it. I've been saying it since the first week. The first coach that figures out how to say, you know what? 
it's not important to us. We're not doing it. And neither are you now. Now Ohio State might not be in the championship game, which is great. Well, they just announced that they're gonna they're going to games. Is that what they're manipulating that? Oh, I knew it. Yeah, they're Ohio State's gonna be in there. And I would also ask a question, John, you're a conspiracy uh seer, not a nut. You're a conspiracy seer. Thank you. Do the Harbaugh's have like a wet market? Is are you saying that? Do they do they (laughs) have like a yeah? Do they they have like a laboratory? It's well known that uh, John Harbaugh feeds Mark Andrews bats regularly. And then he goes and hobnobs with the team, which is crazy. But I mean, if, if we didn't see that this is all about money last night when Des Bryant is standing on the field with his teammates after a positive test and all of a sudden contact tracing is like, mm, don't worry about it. Just play the game. It's such a TV thing. They were too late to pull the plug. They'd already gotten through three quarters of their pregame. Des Bryant gets it. And even Kurt Menefee, I think, kind of messed up the company line when he's like, how are they going to play this game? And Jay Glazer was like, well, they just are. They're not worried about it. And it goes on. Wait a second. Was Jay Glazer just played by Mel? Oh, man. Oh, Frank. It was going to be so good, too. I know. It was a good swing. Oh, God. Now it's just Rudy Giuliani. That's who Jay Glazer is. It doesn't matter. Guys, Bobby, guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, it's all the same. We're all the same person. Yep. It's all the same guy. But uh, yeah, but he even said, he goes, I guess they're not worried. And then at the post game, Menifee's like, let me tell you, Des Bryant's just such a mature, smart, good man. We hope it all works out. And it's like, wow, the company line's been towed because Ben Roethlisberger, and that's just because I follow the Steelers. I know other teams have done it, had to sit at home for five days because he sat next to somebody who had it. The entire Broncos quarterback room was rumored to be around someone with it, not even for sure. They had to sit at home. Des Bryant's hugging Cowboys players. They're showing it on the pregame. Like, look, the reunion's great. And they're like, oh, by the way, you're positive. Get off the field. Maybe and that it, was a plan, though, to get some of those Cowboys players out put of their game. Harbaugh. The Harbaugh's would have done that for sure. Hug, hug, go hug Andy Dalton. He hugs everybody. It was. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that last night was just – Again, such a mismanaged mess for people doing so much protocol work. And then they just threw it away because it's like, no, we're already, the, the cameras are red. We got to go. Yeah, that, 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 the money. I mean, but what do you, what do you do at that point? What do you, he's already been around everybody. That's not going to change yeah. anything, right? That's the point. This team has had zero ability to corral this thing. You, you, they have no fines. Gruden. Gets hammered for having his mask down too much. Uh, the, I mean, Pete Carroll got fined. All this. They've had COVID for six weeks. It's been nonstop in Baltimore. And then last night on the field, they get another guy. Doesn't matter how he got it. You're supposed to go to – when you keep saying we're doing it because we we're protecting the player's health and all this stuff, then you have to protect it. And you can't say, well, the game's got to go on. That's the most egregious thing that's happened since the COVID I thought they'd been doing a great job when they're like, nope, this guy's got it. Everybody who's touched him is out for five days. Last night, they get a guy on the field, and they're like, nah, well, eh, what are we going to do? Just play the game. It's crazy. And you know that you know they're like, I hope he doesn't tweet about this. Oh, I know. And then he did. Think about how many positives the Dallas Cowboys have had with their receivers before games in regards to probably drug use back in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> and they just they let them play the game and then they finished. And I think maybe they thought, oh, well, this is like cooties. We don't have like somebody that's going to throw a flag on it. But 
this was the first big misstep on the NFL's part. The yep. first big one where they do come off totally hypocritical. Completely. They had, they, you know. But you think, they, you think they can stop? Oh. They look like they stopped you, Frank. They right stopped there. her completely. Yeah. 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 You think they can stop that game in the middle of a the broadcast? They have to. They did. They didn't, but oh, they should have. And it was a dumb game, too. It wasn't a game that – I mean, the Cowboys are involved, so there probably were some ratings. But did a lot of people even know the game was being played? It is kind of fun. Like, if you like to flip around on your, your remote and you're like, hey, let's play uh, spin the wheel and see if there's an NFL game on. It's a Tuesday, <laughs> but maybe there is. Maybe it's at 5.30 in the afternoon. There's a game. This it's- is fun. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to call – I'm going to – get on DraftKings' website and bet on this. This is awesome. See, I think they should combo all of Fox's successful shows with the NFL games that get missed and play the masked football team and just have all of them, like, dressed as <laughs> You got to figure out who they are. And you got to figure out who the teams are. It's like, oh, my God. That, and then they reveal, oh, my God, that's Antonio Brown. That's the Buccaneers. And you have games with, with players you don't know because Fox masks every – they have the masked dancer now. Yeah. Who are you supposed to guess? Like – why do I care if Margaret Cho dances? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand any of this masking thing. Me neither. I hate mask. It's all, it's all, part, of the pro- it's all part of the propaganda, guys. We're masking everybody. This is, it's fake masking. The masks don't protect anybody. Listen, uh, Ken Jeong, he knows exactly who you are from the call sheet. He, 100%. Uh, and did you guys see they flexed? The Cowboys out of a Sunday night game now? No. Well, because of the Steelers Bills. Uh no, I think it's Cleveland. I think they put the Cleveland Oh, a couple weeks from now. Versus Giants in there. Yeah. I didn't see have you, have you I just this I just realized that Fox, the television entertainment channel, is every show is about mask and how good masks are. And then you turn on Fox News. And everything is bad about masks. It's very <laughs> the Murdochs really. They're they are juggling. They are doing a lot they're, of juggling. Yeah. Though, Their entire uh, programming is based on mask versus no mask, and they're arguing yeah. with themselves. Yeah, that's very true. They oh, got every market covered. They are brilliant because we are two Americas. Well, so, yeah, and and they're bipolar, so it works out perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Where's Frank now? I don't know. It's a new I'm show. I'm moving everything. I'm getting closer to the camera, and You're uh, very close. Too close. I'm, hopefully, I'm closer to. I just want to get this. This is 2020, guys. This is yeah. how it Do works. people see you anymore on these shows? I I don't know if you put them up on YouTube. I hope not. What are you talking about? Well, like the podcast, you're not putting it up anymore. Yeah, it goes you? up on YouTube. I don't know oh. if this is going to. Okay, this is your hair dynamite, <laughs> Frank. You are having just a spectacular. You know, I yeah. worked it. I worked it really well for it because I knew it was going to freeze a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's so you, you wanted to look like Bob's big boy frozen. Yeah. Listen, I don't need that from you. <laughs> I get enough of that from my sixteen-year-old. Okay, Chachi. It's kind of a tiny Conan O'Brien thing you got going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hey, John, I think we're. Yeah. It's, I'm sure you've discussed it, but how are you handling this whole Steelers fall apart at the end of the game? Can't run the ball. I said, I, well, 
for the last couple of weeks, me and sensible Steeler fans have said this team's gripping. They're too young and key positions to have that zero hanging on their record. I think the best right. thing that could happen to them was to have lost a game, especially the one against the Redskins. You watched, if you watched the game, they were in control of it. And then one drive and their defense just was out of gas. You yeah. can see them needing to hit a pressure ball. A val- I, I, I look 15. If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, uh, you'll be 11 and one going into week 13. Oh. Uh, will you take it? And I'm like, how bad's the loss? No, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, yeah, no. give me that all day long. And, you know, you reset. Um, they're running the ball situation. I think it's just because they had three games in 12 days. This is brutal. I mean, their schedule has been a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think any team comes out of that. They did a, a thing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in their bye week and how they, they kind of macro reassessed what was working and what wasn't and how essential that bye week was to them regrouping, Steelers haven't had one. So I think in that regard, as fast as this year's going with all the protocols, all the weird stuff that's going on, I think losing that game to the Redskins was, was a blessing. Now, they may be so injured at this point that you're going to start to see the wheels come off a little bit. But, look, you tell me 11-1 and one going into week 13, I'm taking that all. You've day. been telling me for four weeks, though, though, that uh, this is a trap game. This is Like, you've been <laughs> proving yourself. They've been at, well, the, the Cowboys were a trap. They've got a lot of trap games coming off the radio. Yeah, they, that's, they got a lot of trap games because their schedule isn't that great. <laughs> well, no, because you play a good team and then you got this kind of weaker team coming in. And it's inevitable with young players that they're going to have to be steady. And they don't have their, their whole receiving core is, other than Ebron, under 24. And a couple of them are like second year guys, one's a rookie. And these guys, and you see it, they're dropping passes that are right in their hands. You start seeing this gripping mentality, and now you lose a bunch of defensive players. That, that undefeated thing, as a fan, I didn't like it. I'm like, you'll, you'll, you're thrilled with it while it's going on, but after a while, you're like, you know, I, I don't want to go 16 and 0 and lose. I'd rather be 15 and 1 with a Lombardi trophy or 14 and 2 than 16 and 0 and like, oh, you're, you were you a pretend. Who knows if they are or not? I, they're yeah, not playing. It's, oh. it's unnecessary. They, that's, yeah. that's like an MVP award. It, it's. Yeah. It means it, it, it means a lot to your ego, but yep. it doesn't mean anything to actual, you know, the, it's the history. I mean, the 15 and one teams that have won Super Bowls, like the 49ers did it in what, 81. And there's been 15 and one to the Bears in 85. Nobody really cares if they were 16 and 0, it's legacy stuff. That's the only thing it really does is, is put you in rare air. But I mean, the, the Patriots' biggest failure of a season is their best season ever. So, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you go 16-0 and you don't win at all. I mean, think of the Golden State Warriors. That was an unbelievable run, and they lost. So it didn't matter. Regular season doesn't matter when it comes to that. Yeah, I just – I look at that stuff, and like you're saying, I, I couldn't care less if somebody – I mean, like you said, there's the – there's being heralded as the only – one of the only undefeated teams, that's great. But yeah. I, coaches, I think, don't care. I think coaches would rather lose. Every coach I've ever uh, – talked to and said, Oh no, I don't want, I don't want that because it's all you're setting yourself up for is potential failure at that point. Yep. Right. Because every week, it, even when you get to the postseason, it's your first loss and you're done for the season. That's, yep. that's what's that, that, that's that pressure. There's it's unnecessary. And it, and you gotta, you have to feel the hunger after you lose. That's right. just, you can't. Well, uh, it was great to too see much. once you lose something, Tomlin's post-game press conference was pretty great because he's like, um, he was relieved. You could see it. Like, he's like, I'm just excited to see how these boys go in the face of adversity. 
And it was like, oh, man, he's calm. He wasn't mad. The week before they won the game, he was furious. And it's like there's just a whole good. Now we're not going to get everybody's best punch because they want to be the ones that knock us off. You're going to get teams that kind of pull back. They're not going to go – like the Redskins were playing, A, with their back against the wall. I mean the R words, sorry. Their backs against the wall. And then uh, they had, you know, uh, their season on the line and they wanted to be the team that knocks off the undefeated. And they did it. But once they saw that the Steelers were kind of like tired and done, and that's what it looked like to me, you know, the Bills are the big test. The Steelers are either backsliding and uh, needed a reset or they're backsliding and they're just backsliding. We'll see when they play the Bills. That's the test. You know, you bring up. Did you, you see Tomlin? Tom- I was just going to ask, did you, oh, let me go first. And then did you see Tomlin? Does, the fan spinning, John. Did you see Tomlin? Uh, talking to Chase Young. Did you see that? No. Change? He loved Ohio State guys, though. Did you see that, Scott? I didn't. He's like, he, he's, he's like, uh, he's talking to him. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm glad we don't have a guy like you. We have to lose a lot of games to have a guy like you. He's a quote machine. He that, is. That's what I wanted to bring up. You know how, like, there's a coach for its time. You know, like, yeah. there's, there's always like a coach for their time. And I feel like of everybody I hear talk on television, it's politics or whatever. He seems to be the guy I'd most want to have speak to a crowd right now yeah. is Tomlin. Cause he's calm. He's intense, but he's thoughtful. And it's just like, I never, I, I never always loved. I didn't always love the guy when I would hear him talk kind of like, what I didn't really love what I just said. <laughs> but what I would tell you is, is that every time I hear him, I want to hear him more. Like, I'd like to have his own channel. He's so good. Give him OAN. That's, you know, I want to hear him all the time because he's just dynamite for right now. It just yeah. seems like he's the guy for right now. Next year, he might not be right. But 15 this year, years. I don't think I've ever seen him step in it verbally. Like yeah. he's, I don't think I've ever seen as much as he talks. I've never seen that guy just go out and go like, why, Mike, you shouldn't have said that. You stepped in it. He seems to have a grip on how to handle the media and still say things without being, you know, he does have a lot of crutches. Like, we acknowledge and respect that. He says that. Oh, yeah. You know, these are the bumps and bruises associated with playing the NFL. He does all these, like, pat phrases. The standard is the standard. Uh, You need some of that, though, John. What's that? As an NFL coach, you need some of it. I mean, I think a I think a daddy down in Tampa Bay, and I love listening to him, but he's always stepping in it. Yes, he is. Well, that's because I say what I feel. When I feel, when I feel it, you, you guys got to understand what everything that comes from my heart. And what, I don't always use my brain, but from my heart. And when you, when you, <laughs> let me, let me say, you, you drinking a scotch is going to go down really nice, really, really, really nice. <laughs> you make it happen, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and me, we, we, we make sure to wait to get every day, get away. But yeah, that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> There's, I, I was just going to ask who, I mean, in terms of people to watch at the podium, there's Tomlin, there's uh, Gruden. I, I still think Gruden's one of the yeah. most fun because he's, he's just, he's, he's a, you know, he's like a, um, a circus. Uh, what's, what's it called? The, the, not the MC, what do they call the, the, the ringmaster? Uh, the ringmaster. Ringmaster. Out of the big time. That's it. I should be ringmaster. I couldn't think of the rings, man. But you know yeah. what I love? Lord of the Rings, huh? I always think that Gruden is like, had just been told not to laugh the entire press conference. Like, don't laugh. You'll get fired if you laugh. And he's got that kind of. 
It's that. Yeah. It's pretty much that same joke I used to do with George W. Bush. Like when you go to the yeah. podium, somebody just told him a really dirty joke. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't want anybody to know it, so he's hiding it the whole time. <laughs> Hello, America, and those of you from Nantucket. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, and it's frozen. And on Belichick, Bush. I would still love to see Belichick. What was that? Yeah. Uh, you got frozen on Bush face, which was hilarious. And by the way, don't Google Bush face, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. But yeah, that Belichick is probably still like I love Tomlin's pressers as a Steeler fan. Gruden's up there. But Belichick is the one who probably entertains me the most because he's having the most fun with them. His he disdain. Is his disdain for them. Oh, it's great. Is, Trump wishes he could do yeah. that. Trump wishes he could be like. <sighs> yeah. I- you tell me. Right. <laughs> Isn't it, it like I listened to you guys talk to Mike Lombardi again? And isn't it remarkable that those guys have been like great friends for so long? And Lombardi tells you everything. You cannot shut him up. He's the most honest person ever about the NFL. And there is the yin and the yang, I guess, of when they were together, because Belichick gives you nothing. Yeah. It, it's remarkable that those two work well together, but. But that know. tells me that Belichick does that just for us because yeah. I, I think in, in coaches rooms, when those cameras are off, he says, tell you everything you need to know that, that thing he did on HBO with Nick Saban, when he's just blabbing. Away, it's really good. But I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of when Chris Rock, Seinfeld, Louis CK and Ricky Gervais yeah. sat down and told everybody what's funny. It was kind of like this. It was almost too much success in one room saying, <laughs> you know, we just really are great at what we do, aren't we? Oh, it was this self-congratulatory. That's why it's great. good you have me on with you guys. <laughs> That's right. It's a balance. That you, you know? well, I've been told I've been told that Belichick isn't that guy at all. I mean, no. behind the behind the curtain, he's a totally he's way more normal. It's just but he's he's super smart not to give away. They, they, the whole idea that you have a coach give a press conference early in the week and after the game is insane because it's like an army general letting you know what the plan, like telling the world, now we're going to tell the world what we are about to do. Right. Yeah. It's like, just silly because he's the one who realizes I'm contractually obligated to show up. They, they can't control what I say. I mean, he's, He's brilliant at puppeteering them, and it's so fun to watch. But he's also created, you look forward yeah. to him being awful at the podium on purpose. He's so, even right jokes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also would watch. What was that? I said I would also watch that. Like Stephen Wright delivering eulogies would be <laughs> Bill Belichick's job. That's kind of what he is. Yeah, it's I, I, the press conference thing has become so big and really you don't glean anything off of him unless the coach loses his mind. You know, you might get a quote, but you're not getting anything out of those. It's just, it's for later. I mean, well, those the reporters guys- all asked the questions just to get the quotes too. Right. Yeah. That's the whole thing is they're asking the questions with obvious answers just so they can quote you. It's yeah. I, that stuff's always just, it's such a game that yeah. it, that's exactly why Belichick doesn't like it. It's like, you know what you're looking for. Just, just lie, just lie and say, I said this because. Yeah. yeah. Well, the two put, coaches. Put a parenthesis, sigh, and then say whatever you want. 
What's going on? There's, there's been two coaches that I think have been universally the big screw-ups of the season, and that's Anthony Lynn in San Diego. They lose every close game in the end. And then Adam Gase the oh. other way. And Adam Gase gets brutal questions because it's the New York media and people seem to still care or it's just part of the sport of it. And he was a, you know, he, he went in to this last game where Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, basically cost them the game, no doubt about it. And Gase was like, yeah, I talked to him. Well, well, he explained it. And then, you know, Lombardi, I mean, Lombardi, uh, Greg Williams gets canned like two hours later. I have a theory on that whole thing, too. Yeah. Tell us what your theory is, Goldberg. (laughs) Well, the theory is Greg Williams was going to get fired anyway. He knew it. The GMs talked to those guys about, like, we got the Jags hot on our heels. Do not screw this up. If there's an opportunity to give it away, do it and just play. Greg Williams let the cat out of the bag. He got fired from New York. Uh, his his legacy is cemented in other stuff anyway. So people remember one bad yeah. call. He can go into a GM's office right now and go, look, uh, everybody knows we weren't trying to win that game. You go zero coverage, six-man blitz on a basically a Hail Mary. And then all of a sudden, the, one of the smarter defensive coordinators in football over the years has this happen. He's like, oh, yeah, I just thought that would be a good idea at that time. You got four wide and you have two corners. Come on. He did that on purpose. The Jets did that on purpose. They're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. And I hope that the NFL calls them on that and takes a pick away or Trevor Lawrence stays in school another year. That would be the ultimate kickback on NFL tanking. Because if the NFL starts doing what the NBA does, they will see a massive fall off. That, they can't have that. Weekly competitive games where teams aren't trying, that's brutal. Well, it's only 17 weeks, though, and you only need – I mean, it's not – But you can't have multiple seasons of 0-16 teams because you've got, uh, you know uh, – Well, Cleveland did it. Then Cle- Cleveland was 0-16 and 1-15, and right? Yeah, they were 1-32 and or 1-31 and or whatever <laughs> it was, two years. And yeah. the Lions did it. But that's when we started to see it. And you look at the Browns. I mean, it's benefited them. Like, they've got a bunch of good players now. The problem is, and it's going to bite them soon, their window is really small. All those players that they've drafted are going to come up for contracts the same time. And they're not going to be able to afford all that. They can't. So you're going to have to start losing guys like, you know, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield will stay. But Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, that entire secondary, they're all young, uh, you know, guys who who are going to want their money. The Browns have a year or two before they're back to being the Browns again. And that's the, the problem with, failing over and over and it's going to create really bad teams like over and over you're going to have really bad teams and that just makes the product stink i I, i'm not i i'm telling you i'm just not enjoying watching as much as i used to anyways i don't know what it is but i I don't know if it's because you can't tackle anymore and i get why you can't i i I just this the amount of penalties everything's called back i want to see you know they don't in the nba the, the most fun is the offense and watching crazy things happen, right? I mean, you love to watch things that you can't do happen. That's – and every – in the NFL, it seems like it's getting called back. Something amazing. It's just so yeah. often. I just – I don't know. I've well, I don't like it now because lost. every third and two is a deep ball because, you know, you're, you're 50-50 on the pass interference. Yeah. 
And it's just, it's almost like that's boring. It's, it's, it's when somebody's got codes to a video game, you're like, Oh, it's, there's no excitement with a lot of the stuff that's become kind of, uh, you know, uh, monkeying with the rules a little bit. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of the same. I didn't watch a single game Sunday. Uh, and normally I'll, I'll sit. That's because the Steelers didn't play. Well, they didn't, but normally you normally only watch one game. (laughs) Right. Well, I hate all those teams, but there's teams I could hate. The Titans-Browns game would have had my attention. I didn't care. I just followed it, you know, to, I peeked in on scores. But I'm kind of the same way. I've got a little fatigue with it. And I think it's because – I think COVID has a big part of that too, is that I'm sick of hearing about, like, what's canceled, what's moved, who's got okay. this. What, what are you guys doing? That you, you, what are you doing instead of watching football? I mean, I'm curious because it's not like there's a lot of great new entertainment product coming <laughs> out. Um, you, there's no place to go. You can't even go to a restaurant. I'm just curious because this is the only thing in life to me that uh, I can get an adrenaline rush well, off. I, of. I, I, my stuff isn't positive. It's my kids complaining about everything in school. That's uh, it, my whole life right now is getting my son through the semester with three or four AP classes and uh uh, honors classes that he's going to probably get all B's in and he's frustrated, but at the same time, I'm like, but some of it, you deserve that in and some of it's just hard. And some of it's you not trying, like, you know, when, the, when your kid isn't handing their work in because they think the teacher isn't trying hard enough, you don't get to make that call. <laughs> and, and the teachers to, to his credit in that, I guess from where, where he's sitting and where my daughter's sitting, some teachers, all they do is show videos. Oh yeah. So oh, they yeah. show videos the whole class. It's awful. I mean, they're not. I learned something. Some today. of them are working very hard, and that's great. No, but, yeah, but some, some are. So, and and those that are working hard and making an effort, you're like, this is great. But I, the other ones, I go in and I watch them doing stuff. So it's all the complaints about all that stuff, and it's. I've just become Doctor Phil for my kids. Well, you have to just realize that it's really tough. <laughs> sitting in a classroom all by yourself but dad they're not in their classrooms that my teacher taught me from their her bedroom the other day i'm like <laughs> what what was she wearing <laughs> i learned something today i'd never heard of before which was a non-instruction day our invisible non non-show up asynchronous has a day where nothing's going to happen and they put it on the schedule yeah but that's that see that's not exactly what it is my kids had homework all day long they got they got assignments just to do on their own all day. Oh, I don't know what it's like for right, Scott. Are your kids in school right now? They're not. Um, my daughter, who's has a developmental disability, she goes. That's about the only kids in a lot of major cities that are actually going to school because the classrooms are small. So it's kind of a hard thing to say that that there's too many kids and they're not going from one class to the other, which is the reason why grade school kids should be in school because they're not going class to class. They don't seem to spread. I can see it more for high school, but yeah, they're not in school. And my kids are junior high age. And it's, it's one of those deals where I'm, I'm a truancy officer. I'm the school lunch lady. I'm doing tutoring like Frank. And the other day I'm like, I, there is no fucking way I'm going to sprinkle that um, pine saw shit to clean up anybody's puke like the janitor. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm not. But see, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a tutor at all. I can't do anything they're doing. 
I can't, I don't understand most of the stuff, but I'm more of the guidance counselor. I'm not even a guidance counselor. I'm a, you know, a, 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 a psychologist. I mean, it's just talking yeah. through dealing with everything because as adults, we can just go, I don't give a shit. Like you can yeah. let everything go. If somebody isn't doing their job, I mean, I should say as male adult men, we can do this because my yeah. wife can't do any of this. Um, but we can just, you see somebody doesn't do anything. You go, well, he's not going to do anything. It doesn't matter. If I just want my grade, I would have to work as hard as I can. If I'm going to get it done, I just have to do it. That's what life is. My Michelle would complain for hours about how tough something is. And I'll be like, in that time, you could have done it six times. You just, you know, you're, you're being hardheaded and don't want to deal with it. But my kids, like Joey will sit there and be like, this teacher did this and didn't do this and didn't do this to this. I go, who cares? Just read the stuff and answer the questions yeah. And get out of it. Is, it is what it is. It, everybody has it the same. It's crap. It's baffling, Frank, because my birthday buddy, Joey, uh, we're so incredibly similar. He's following in my footsteps. You have a dark-hearted me on your hands. And I wish you were my dad because my junior year, I came home basically failing everything after being superstar AP, all these, you know, the high-end straight-A student. And I'm like, I'm learning the same things over and over. They're just babysitting me. I don't have time for this. And my dad's looking at like a report card with all F's and an A in theater. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what are you talking about? And I'm like, they just babysit all day. And he goes, and so it should be easy then. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to go there and be babysat. And I'm like, okay. And then I just remember him saying, what day are you supposed to graduate? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, what's the graduation date for you? I'm like, May 27th, 1990. And he goes, we'll talk on the 28th. And if I didn't graduate, my dad would have had a hole in the backyard and I'd have been in it because that the embarrassment of it was up to me. He basically told me life works on you. You go do it or you don't. And when you don't, there's consequences. So your whole they're, baby. They're all up. way more. They're way more sensitive now. I mean, they've been yeah. conditioned. Well, I was they've sensitive. all been conditioned to it for even my son, who is completely against the participation ribbon or participation trophy. Yeah. In school, it's all the rules change, and it's I can't believe they're doing it. Just do it. Shut up. Make it happen. It sucks. And you know how many kids are just failing out of school right now? I mean, just go. Just go. Get your Bs. Because there's a lot of kids that aren't even, like, especially elective classes. I talked to the theater teacher and a couple other teachers, and it's like kids have stopped coming. They just don't even show up on the Zoom. Get your Bs. I got all Ds. Kids. Skate. Yeah, but it's easy. I got the same piece of paper as everybody else who busted their ass with B's and A's. Same exact thing. On graduation day, a girl that sat next to me was that person who got the award for never missing a day of school from kindergarten through her senior year. Looked at our diplomas. They were, or our, our thing, they were the exact same thing. And I'm like, I haven't even tried for a year and a half. I got straight D's. We're, we're on the same page. All of a sudden, it just evened out. D's and A's and B's were the same. So you had like, extra credit and she was going to go to college. We ended up at MCC, Mason Community College. Had a class. Wait, she went to MCC with the... Because she didn't know why she was going to go to school. She was supposed to go to U of A, but she didn't want to go to U of A. So it was the same thing. D's get you out of high school. Run. Be a worker bee. Most of you are going to be worker bees anyway. None of you are that special. Run, flunker, run. (laughs) Okay. You you don't need college to be a special person. You need college as a... (laughs) You don't. To get your foot in the door. That's it. And it, it makes parents nervous when kids say, I'm not going to college. But you can get through life with ambition. It helps to go to college. 
but you're not going to learn much. Well, I tell Joey all the time, college is about relationships and just meeting people. It's networking more than anything, because he's got that little business he's doing. He's flipping baseball cards or sports cards. He's flipping Playstations and Xboxes. And he's got, you know, he's, he's programming computers and doing all this kind of stuff. And that's part of his reasoning for not loving school. He's actually found stuff. He, he loves the game of what he's doing and school is not, it's not the kind of game he wants to play. School is YMCA pickup game. And yep. he's actually in the, you know, in the, I'm not going to say major leagues, but he's making money he can make money and he could Joey's make more money. He, he tells me, he goes, dad, why am I in school listening to a teacher talk about her boyfriend when I could be trying to get a PlayStation and flipping it and make 500 bucks. Yep. I go, I, you know what? I don't know, but just, <laughs> just, you're supposed to, that's you're supposed all. Just get to, and it's two Joey's more years and then you can decide what you want to do. But right now you need to go to high school. Just do it. Joey's got something they can't teach you in college. He's got ambition. And that is, that is something that, you know, they think college is, is a, he's not entitled to things that way. When you've got ambition, you, you have, he drives himself. This is something that he's doing because he wants to. He found that he loves money. Go well, get right. it. That's exactly what it is. He found he found a passion and the game yeah. he likes. To, everything in life is a game that you like to play. What's the game yeah. you like to play? You can have little goals. And, yep. it, you know, when you can attain those goals, it makes it a lot more fun. And he's attaining a lot of goals. And in school, what's your real what's your goal, really? The, the grade at the end of the semester. And if you screw up a couple of times, yeah. you can't get the grade you want. Yeah, the difference between that is if I look for a job with, uh, let's say, you, Frank, and the guy hiring went to Wisconsin, you're getting the job. If we're even going in and they look and they go, oh, we went to the same college, you're getting the job. So that's really what college gives you over anything else. They don't care about your grades or how you did, unless you're a doctor. Doctors, engineers, teachers, you know, specialty stuff. But business, communications, you're wasting your time. Liberal arts. It's a, it's a business where they've, they've talked everybody into not being able to work ever in their lives without a college degree. And it, it became this gigantic business. Half of those degrees don't get used. They just, yeah. They're just hanging on a wall and they're, they're an accomplishment, which is great. But you don't need it. I think that's something we need to start telling people. You do not need it. You need to learn ambition. You need to learn how to get your foot in the door and find your passion, which college and high school are both horrible at, at teaching kids. Like find your inner passion and run to it. No matter what it is, it doesn't have to be lucrative financially. Uh, if you find something you love to do, you don't work in your life. And that's the goal. I haven't worked a day in my life, not for 22 years in radio. I like it. I found what I like. I haven't worked. It's great. And it's, you know, it's something that I would do for a whole lot less money. I'm glad I don't, but I would. It's a passion. Next episode, you- we'll, get, we'll try and get Mike Rowe. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Did you see uh, when John kind of gave us a glimpse of the birth of conspiracy theory, John was a junior in high school when he realized everything around him was bullshit (laughs) and I am done. Uh, I think that's, I think that's, uh, you think that's when it started. I think it's him being birthed. He's like, what the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) I was, you don't need any of this stuff. You know how they used to do this In, in water. It's a business. That's a business too. They just hey Doc, how much you making for me coming out of that? <laughs> I don't mind that. I like doctors making cash. That's pretty great. But yeah, doctors should go to college. But you're right. We don't need that. Get in the bathtub and have a baby like the olden days. Not <laughs> even a bathtub, just a pond. 
Yeah, give me something. Cooler yeah. right. pond, pond would be good for you. <laughs> yeah, I just I laugh at that because we've convinced people that they're worthless without college, and that couldn't be less true. Yeah, I know. I, I know, and we tell people that their jobs aren't worth anything. Yeah. And people, unless you do have the college degree type of job, and that's the problem is we don't have anybody who thinks that important jobs are important anymore. They, they've been told that it's a failure to yeah. work with your hands. But if you're good at it and you make it, you know, somebody else's life better, you can make a lot of money. Open, open up your own garage and be a mechanic. Yep. You're going to be, be a plumber, be yeah. a carpenter. You're going to make computers. Money. Trade schools are better. Learn computers. Learn something yes. that's, that's directed at something. I'm the, I'm, I'm the only one of my friends that doesn't have a college education. And uh, almost all of them uh, have jobs that don't pay enough to pay off their college education, which is ironic. They're, they're 48 years old and they still have something to pay for because it got them that great job. I don't know. Right, we're going to wrap this podcast up because I'm going to go tell Joey to just stop trying. Quit school, Joey. <laughs> he's got something. He's like, he's like uh, Richard Branson. He's an entrepreneur at, uh, at, at heart. You know what? Embrace. No, he that. totally is. I mean, he's, he's got that going for him, which is nice to do another. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, that's the, again, that's the problem. He's found something he really likes. He likes the game of it and going for that. So. If you can't visualize John right now, uh, the people that are listening to the podcast, he is in the complete dark right now. Yeah. You just see this evil, like satanic grin as he breaks the dreams of parents. Like you would hire him. He would, he would appear on your kid's screen. Like there needs to be some yeah. kind of, net nanny that john all appears on your screen he's like kids wit wasting your time yeah. with school yeah it's i think he's the new i think i think you're a sith lord or something like that you're yeah. from the new star wars snoke i think that's oh my gosh yeah that's yeah. oh that's even better now yeah. now you're just palpatine quit school skywalker skywalker should quit school high school is pointless but get out of it <laughs> college is a business yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And also, I tell public school teachers, boo-hoo, you don't make any money. That wasn't a surprise when you took the job. Quit your job. That's your leverage. And I got a whole I say it all the time. They're like, thanks for being on the side of teachers. And I'm like, yeah, great. You should quit your job because you know how easy it is to replace your miserable income. Oh, you're saying I'm crushed for kids. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, public no, school teachers. I'm sending, I'm sending the emails myself. <laughs> they I'm should quit it. their jobs. They're being underpaid. That's why I didn't go into teaching. That's a 100% why I didn't go into teaching was because I looked at the paycheck, the the potential paycheck. I went, this is, that's not worth it. You're, you're getting screwed. Uh, It's not going to be fun. You're going to have to deal with all these kids who don't, who hate you just because of your job, the parents who've raised those kids. Miserable. And I tell them all the time. I'm like, I don't want to hear you crying about how how little you get paid. They told you how much you were going to get paid when you took the job. Sorry, that job sucks. And you can replace that income. Uh, stacking nails and chairs at Home Depot and not have to deal with these parents and kids. Well, the, best, the, the best teacher my son and daughter have ever had actually did other stuff and he taught for fun. He he, he traded, uh, you know, he day traded and did all sorts of stuff, had other businesses, and then he taught for fun and he had fun and it was the greatest experience. They both loved science because of him. I mean, yeah. they couldn't wait to go and, uh, you know, every day he was goofy and fun and they enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, a, yeah. a lot of people don't enjoy teaching and, and, and a lot of the kids. I, I mean, I've walked around the school before as my kids were growing up and you look at the kids. It's hard. It's not. I Maybe. mean, I don't want to call it. It's not fun because the kids are yeah. just sitting there on 
bothered that they have to be there with you and they hate you just because of your job, like I said. And, and they know they have the leverage over you. All they have to do is whisper to their mom, hey, I don't like this teacher. He, he picks on me. Whatever. And the mom's on the kid's side. That's new. Like the teachers get beat up constant. If some friend of mine said, my job sucks, I, get, I, I don't get paid enough and I'm getting railroaded constantly, I'd tell them, well, why do you still work there? Oh, it's my passion. Are you enjoying it? No. Then quit. That's your leverage. I, I, public school teachers get hammered. I'm on your side. But why do you keep doing it? It's the definition of insanity. And imagine what would happen. We saw it with the pandemic. All these kids had to stay home with their parents. Their parents are like, I don't want this anymore. Where's my right. free babysitter? And, and you realize the importance of the public school teachers and the public school system. They're getting screwed. I tell them to quit. Every time you feel that twinge of like, God, I could just go to the bank and be a teller for the same amount and half the hassle. Go do it. Screw those kids. The end. Scene. <laughs> All right. You, gotta, you wanna, uh, Scott, you want to rant that uh, you believe everybody's going to love, uh, but you probably should never say out loud? I got nothing. That's my new, that's my new rant. I just, it's <laughs> I like, that. my rant is I got nothing. Um, I did a zoom call show today and the client was so freaked out about me saying anything negative that right before I went on, I, I mean, I, it was like, I had to get a, like a FBI clearance from these, this woman. <laughs> then I, her intro which I gave her the intro and these things go well. I'm good at them. I figured them out. It's not stand up comedy club, but it's good. So she proceeds to say, well, I'm very concerned. He might say something offensive and uh, just know that, uh, you know, we haven't paid you yet. Here <laughs> you are. That's what she said. Wow. So that was I her said, intro out loud. That was her intro to uh, 120 people. So here's what I say back to her. I'm like, you uh, lady, you. Uh, <laughs> that's the worst intro I've ever had, uh, though. I have to wonder, is this how you inspire your employees every day when they walk in the door is, hey, you better do a good job and you better not be offensive and you better do it right. or We're not going to pay you. And I like I did look at your bottom line. And it looks good. So maybe it works. OK, <laughs> let's do the stand up. That was how my thing started. She just put me, I mean, it's like. Wait, and you said, wait, I thought you just told us you figured out how to do these things. <laughs> Until that one. <laughs> but I, I don't, I'm not the Tony Stark of impressionist sitting on a, you know, a, a, a pile of gold. I won't do, I, I, know, I know what you'll say to this in different situations, but oh, good, Toledo joined yeah, us. Yeah, Toledo's here, we're about to close her up. Uh, maybe he's on a different time zone. Oh, well, that um, could be he's in Mesa, you're right. But. I've lost where I was, but hey, Toledo, where have you been? What happened? Yeah, what happened? Uh, out on the couch and thought we were going at five thirty, so I'm completely off. And you Top still five answers are on the worse. board. Show me, didn't yeah. care. Yeah, it's it's worse to actually show up. Just just don't show up and then call and go. Oh my god, my kid. Is that like, worse? Yeah, yeah. My my kid fell out of a window or something. Make a story up. This is garbage. I've used that oh. one with you before. And well, it worked. The- Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Just so you know, I had to move around 10 times to get to a, a point where uh, the internet was stable. Um, we're not going to put it up on YouTube because it would be hours of editing for you. So we'll just leave it be. John is now Snoke from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, could Scott be Boba Long Fett from the, the new Mandalorian. And Scott Long is the ultimate uh, entertainer as long as you has, have have a good intro yep. for him. Yeah, just a good intro. That's all I ask. Wouldn't it be great if Scott's intro happened and he's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I know it. Oh, it was, going. it was going. Hickory dickory dot. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's oh, Scott my gosh. Long. Oh, <laughs> speaking of, did you like my new character, Frank, of Tom Dice Brenneman, who's now down there in Puerto Rico? <laughs> we had him on this morning. Not for real. But, yeah, Tom Brenneman calling games, so I did a bunch of slurs in Spanish. <laughs> Which is fantastic. <laughs> I want to hear that. Yeah, do it after this so we don't have to edit it. Oh, out. We have, well, Scott's the lady that introduced Scott asked me not to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the genius part of it is the same as the Vin Scully thing where he talks, he does the terrible joke. Yeah. And then is able to still call the game in the middle of it. Well, I'll just give you what I said. You know, I'm going down to Puerto Rico, Caballero, and we're heading on down there. We're going to have a great time. And I've learned some new Spanish phrases. I have a Spanish friend who taught me a new one. I don't know what it means yet, but he says when I walk up to certain people, I should say, hola, señor mariposa, culo my labia, which evidently is a greeting down there. And I've just been handed a note as Castellanos goes to second that it actually means, hello, Mr. Butterfly, please lick my bottom. Well, I'm not going to say that down there in Puerto Rico, Caballero. That's for sure, Vicero. And then I just did all the, the bases. And Primero base is first base down there in Puerto Rico with the Roberto Clemente. And I've understood that the, <laughs> the Puerto Ricans have given me uh, – there's a group called GLAD down there that I'm not overly familiar all with. All right. We know. We get the bit. We get the bit. Oh, we understand. understand. Now, they've offered to give me my own Happy 2021 is when we're back. All right. I'm getting a free tour on the Roberto Clemente aircraft through Puerto Rico. (laughs) He died in a plane, Frank. Oh, Frank's done. (laughs) (laughs) We froze it. Oh, my God. Oh, that's good. Now he's Kay Adams. And now he's not. Oh, how did I do my Kay Adams? That's good. (laughs) That's All right. Good we'll, uh, we'll can no YouTube, like I said. Uh, there's some editing to do. That uh, audio, and then uh, we'll see. We'll 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 we'll, we'll recap. Uh, hopefully, 2021 is better than whatever we just experienced. This podcast, just life. Yeah, I'm with it.